Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Fringe of It. Episode number 34. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How oh, are you? you? Little emails. Sorry. I thought you were emails are now. No, no, you little email. You uh, <laughs> emails are now closed. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm feeling a bit um, sluggish. I think is the only way I could describe it. I just want to hibernate like the bear on the old John Lewis advert. Do you reckon it's because December is on the horizon? I don't know. I think I, I was just um, thinking I've been so busy that I have a bit of a quiet period. I mean, I have things to do, but because I'm not, you know, when you, that phrase, you know, if you want something done, ask a busy person. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So when I was busy, it was fine. And now that I can kind of see a few gaps here and there, I'm like, well, maybe I could just sit down for an extra half an hour. I know. I think that's the thing. I had a mad couple of weeks that I just couldn't, you know, see that I was trying to think I nearly invented a phrase then and I was like go on go on what was it because I always get mine jumbled this, up this would be a real Charlotte phrase I nearly couldn't see the smoke through the water oh wow yeah that's such a Charlotte phrase in, <laughs> in fact I'm surprised I've never actually said that I think it's just it's a, it's a combination of all of my favorite phrases my feet hadn't touched the ground is what I probably should have said and now this week is still busy but I've been at home quite a lot and now I'm just like plodding around and I'm like hang on no no it is a weird feeling isn't it it's really strange but how have you what have you been up to well well what have I been up to mainly watching tv so I need to save it mostly for telly chat but I do think since it's got darker I have become lazier because I just keep thinking oh do I need to go out there do I need to go outside and in the summer you know, I'd be outside in the garden till nine o'clock. Now it gets to five o'clock. And I'm like, well, well, that's me done for the night. I might as well put my pajamas on. I know today it got dark so early. And honestly, we took Maggie for half past three because we were like, we need to walk her when it's still light. As soon as I get back, I think, oh, I'm finished now. I want to be finished. But I've still got way more to do. So it feels like you're working through the night. 
It's actually five past five. I know, I'm so so dramatic. <laughs> We're working through the night here, people. <laughs> but yeah, that's mainly what I've been doing, just watching TV. So I'll have to save all that for telechat. What have you been up to? Anything more exciting? Well, I, I did, I've had a very busy week with different projects. I stayed in a very lovely hotel in London called The Kimpton and felt like a princess. I think sometimes I have these real pinch me moments with my job when it doesn't feel like a job and I feel very very spoiled and that was definitely one of them and like you I've been watching a lot of tv and getting behind on a lot of tv already and getting quite stressed about it (laughs) I feel like there genuinely needs to be a spreadsheet because things are only going to get more frantic in the telly department do you know what I'm just going to introduce telly talk and then we can just just go for it Joe's dad is really good at this. Shout out to John Galvin here because he is amazing at planning television and what is on TV. He, he maps out his television watching and it's it's one thing I hope that when I marry into the family, it becomes a bigger part of my life. <laughs> I do think you do need something in print though to be able to plan effectively. Oh. Um, that's Maybe we should purchase the Radio Times for the festive period because you can actually see what's happening on all the channels. Radio Times honestly comes up in my browser because I use it so much on my phone because sometimes I'm just like, well, what is on tonight? But now that one certain thing is on every single night at 9pm, I don't even need to check. Right, okay, let's let's go for it. How How's it been? How is a celebrity get me out of here? I didn't what do you say it right. <laughs> a celebrity. I'm a celebrity get me out of here. Just a celebrity get me out of here. I love it. I really I love Holly on it. Um, obviously, it's not the same as Ant, but I think she's amazing. She's doing such a brilliant job and her outfits are stellar. I've been really loving her. I love everyone in the camp. There's not really anyone that I'm just... I think sometimes there's years where I'm like, oh, you're a bit irritating. But this year, I love Anne. I really love Harry as well. Didn't think I'd say that, but I think he's hilarious. Have you been watching it? No, not for me. Really? Not for me. Do you know why? The challenges, I cannot. Um, I, what? Which one did I see? I, sh- oh, I should have known. I should have known. Oh, that's right, because I watched Gogglebox. So they put one on there, and there was a girl. Oh, where was she from? You'll be able to tell me. And she basically went in a box with snakes, and then they switched the lights off. Emily Atak. She's an actress in The Inbetweeners. Yes, yes, her. Yeah, yes. I thought so. Um, and honestly, it was during Gogglebox, and I so... Oh, I can't even think what she had to do, but at the end, she was in a box with loads of snakes on her, and then they switched the lights out and I lost it I was just I was just I just don't know how people do it so I can't watch it because the child it's just not for me it's, it's really not, not. For you. but she did very well oh I love I really really love it I just it's like I love routine with television I love knowing that something on tv every night at one time because I feel like like with Love Island it gives me maybe I need a, an I'm a celebrity minute um <laughs> okay we can we can introduce it next week okay because I will not be watching it but I feel like it gives me a real reason to switch off in the evenings having something on every night I'm such a fair loser. enough such a loser what have you been watching oh what have I been watching I've got such the list here right firstly we've not spoken since the Christmas adverts debut um John Lewis in particular <gasps> we haven't have we we haven't officially done a debrief on the podcast. It was a thumbs up and a flood of tears from me. Oh, I love it. 
it's re- it's been a real grower on me actually I didn't dislike it when I saw it um but I think I came at it from a bit of a cynical point of view where when I first watched it I was a bit like because I was thinking of the tour I had a lot of my mind that was Elton John based all I kept thinking was oh it feels like a tour promo but now I just see it for what it is and now it's beautiful <laughs> I am I loved Elton John. I'm I'm a diehard fan, so I have my blinkers on when it comes to criticism. I mean, obviously, if you're not an Elton John fan, you're not going to like it. It's not Christmassy enough. It did get slated on Gogglebox, which I was not happy about. I just thought it was beautiful. I cried and I cried and I cried some more. And then people on Twitter were like, they don't even sell pianos. So do you know what I did? I replied to every single person that said this with a link. Oh, did you? Were you piano. like, this is John Lewis? Are you like, I've got this, guys. I will, I'm taking on the responsibility of the marketing team and I've got this. <laughs> I just don't know what was wrong with me. It wasn't, I wasn't trolling people. I just replied with the link and just left it there. That's so funny. That is so funny. Also, can we talk about the Sainsbury's advert? Can we just? The plug. I can not stop watching the GIF. I haven't seen I, the GIF. I've seen the interview with the plug. Have you seen that? <laughs> Yeah, with Plug's mum. Yeah. <laughs> I, and just the way they put Plug's mum. Oh, genius. Genius idea. So I watched the behind the scenes after watching the advert about 400 times because the advert, the same advert, if anybody hasn't watched it, or anybody who's in another country that just thinks, what are we talking about? Go on YouTube and you'll... It's a thing in the UK every year and, and we're just quite obsessed with Christmas adverts. But the making of it doesn't really tell you how the plug gets in the socket. Jack's theory is that it's filmed backwards. Oh, very Well, it's not filmed. Well, yeah, no, it's filmed backwards. And then because I have watched that time and time and time again. And I just, it just makes no, no kind of gravital sense, if that's even a phrase. I feel like we need to recreate it. Well, somebody said to me on Instagram, and sorry that I've forgotten who it was, but um, she said, wouldn't you be so proud if um, June came home in a few years' time and said that she'd got the role of the plug? Oh, in the you would, wouldn't you? I was Mary, but it's not a plug. I, I don't even think I made it onto stage. I think I was in charge of a triangle. Although I did have knits, and apparently um, my mum was watching, and she was just mortified <laughs> that I'd picked up knits in time for my stage debut. <laughs> Oh no, were you next to Joseph? Did you give Joseph knit? No, I don't think so. Apparently I was scratching a lot under my tea towel <laughs> and my mum was like, just stop the scratching. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, that's what, that's what fame does to you. <laughs> it just gives you knits. And it... <laughs> I'm dread- I am dreading the day that June comes home with knits, but that's not for a few years. But what else I loved about that advert, I think my top three performers were the plug is number one. Yeah. Who is the bauble that runs down the aisle? Yeah, I love the um, bauble. Did you see her on the behind the scenes where she falls over and she's just literally rolling around and her arms and her legs won't touch the floor? I haven't. No, I will watch that afterwards, though. Comedy gold. And then number three for me is the queen in the telly. Oh, what about the gravy boat? But is the gravy boat a person? It doesn't. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but technically that's that's an inanimate object. So um, that would have to be on a separate poll ranking okay I feel like after the John Lewis advert came out I fell into a hole I do this every single year of watching all the previous John Lewis adverts and just oh 
Oh, there was a fun. Sorry to interrupt. There was a fantastic. Um, I did exactly the same. I think it was a BuzzFeed article, and it ranked them. And there were some real arguments in in this house. I'm literally gonna have to get the article up now. Hang on. Uh, Moz the monster was never a big fan of that one. Wasn't my fave. The boy and the piano. That's the Elton John one. And then we've got the bear and the hare. Love that. I remember where I was when I first saw that. <laughs> where were you? I was in Cardiff. Um, the bo- Buster the Boxer. Oh, that was very cute. The trampoline scene is unforgettable. Unforgettable. Um, the Long Wait, which is the one where the little boy can't wait to give his present. Oh, I'm, I think I remember that. I might need more detail. Um, he kept like really counting down and it was it was a featuring a cover of the Smiths, Please, Please, Please Let Me Get oh, What I Want. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Monty the Penguin. That was actually ranked number one, which for me... I'd, no, not I'd put that either one or two with um, The Man what? on the Moon. What, Man on the Moon is your number one? Potentially. Oh, no, or second. It's between those two. M- mine is Man on the Moon. Oh, That's my number one. Oh, that that every time. I, all I've got here is the first piano notes and I'm off. Yeah, I've got shivers. I mean, I have as well. And it was my friend's first dance as well this year at her wedding. And it was, well, the Beatles and all I kept thinking of. <laughs> not the man on the moon. Not the man on the moon. And I just kept thinking of the advert as well. So I was getting like tears from all parts. Like I was getting wedding related tears. I was getting John Lewis advert tears. It was very overwhelming. Oh, so Tom O'Dell was um, the Beatles' real love and that was Monty the Penguin. And then the man That's on the moon. It. That's it. Yeah, oh, the man on the, the moon. That was half the world away, wasn't it? The official fringe of it, um, number one John Lewis advert after this year's is... Man on the moon. Man on the moon. With a close, close second by Monty the Penguin. Okay, but where would we rank this year's? I mean, this year's for me is number one, but that's... I'm an Elton obsessive. I think we need to put it at two just because to balance out. I do... I love Elton John, but... Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk about this off there. We've think, already given potentially given John Lewis adverts a big slot in today's podcast. So I think we should move on. To, is there anything else you've watched? I have watched so many things, so I'm going to have to do it really quickly. Okay. Um, I've watched three incredible, incredible films. First of all, Charlotte, you're going um, to hold back. I mean, I can't believe you've watched so many. We've our guest as well today. <laughs> no, I know. I'm sorry. I've not bought a lot, so it's fine. Okay. Um, so I watched Black. Klansman. I don't know if you say Black KKK Klansman or Black Klansman. Um, Spike Lee film. We finally, well, we finally got to the cinema to see it. It was like one of the few cinemas left because um, it's been out for ages, and it was just the most powerful film. I knew, I knew we had to watch it. I knew it was kind of culture, culturally so important. For anybody who's not seen it, do go and watch it. Um, well, it's probably out on DVD now. I mean, honestly, it's been out for ages, but we just haven't had. Um, the babysitting opportunity um, and it's a it's based on a true story and it is about a guy called Ron Stalworth he's played by John David Washington and he's a black police officer in the 70s and he sees an advert for the Ku Klux Klan um, meeting the branch in the local area and then he decides that he's going to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan so the way that it works is there's him and then there's Adam Driver and oh. Ron Stalworth the character's name, Stolworth, speaks to the KKK on the phone. And obviously he can't turn up to a KKK meeting because he's black. Um, and it's Adam Driver who who goes to the meetings. The first half is, is funny, but it's not as funny as I thought it was going to be. And then the second half is just kind of hits you in the face. 
um, especially at the ending when you just realize how relevant you know you're watching all of this but how relevant this is in 2018 today and mm. um, it's a really powerful film go and watch it um that has definitely gone in my top five films of the year we should definitely do a rundown by the way i wish you do um, in our roundup television everything every and everything roundup um the other thing that i watched which was a really um which has stayed with me as well, was a documentary called Three Identical Strangers. Mm. And it is about three triplets who are separated at birth. And then when they go to college, one, well, two of the two of the three um, meet up, um, meet up. They didn't know that the other one existed. And basically what happens, and I'm not ruining this, by the way, because um, it's in the trailer. One of the guys goes to college um, for the first time and then someone's like, yeah, welcome back. can't remember his name, Steve. And he's like, I'm not Steve, um, I'm Mike. I really should have just remembered their names. Um, and they're like, no, 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 what, pardon? And they're like, there's a guy who looks just like you. And then it made the national press that these two twins had found each other. And then the third, the triplet, um, was like, hang on a second, I really look like these these two guys because they're really distinctive, like black curly hair. Like it's quite a unique, a unique look. Um, and turns out these three triplets were separated at birth. And I was saying to Jack, I was like, they've just ruined the trailer for, they've just ruined the whole film for me. Like, but it's honestly not about the story of them finding each other. It's about why they were split up and, and everything that happened to them in their lives. And it's so dark is the word. I. I saw I saw a lot of it coming, but it's yeah. Weirdly, that is not the interesting part of the story that these three um, people got separated at birth and then met up as adults. Oh wow! Um, wow. That is in independent cinemas um, on release. Um, if you're in America, it's it's kind of on YouTube and Amazon Prime and things like that. Which leads me on. Sorry, I'm just trying to be as quick as I can. No, you um, and during this documentary, um, the the triplets went to Studio Fifty Four quite a lot. Oh, wow. I was like, well, that looks fun. Um, and then I saw that there was a, a Studio 54 documentary that's just come out and I purchased it on YouTube of all places. And it was just incredible for all different reasons to the other two films that I've watched. But I mean, I just I just want to go out out now. It's all I want. But I don't know where I'm going to find a discotheque quite like that. And it was all about the rise and the fall. Discotheque. Of- oh, my God. I do want to find a discotheque, like, passionately. Um, And it's basically, Studio 54 was only open for two years, but it was all about um, just the impact it made, um, just the outlandish outlandish stories, and then also the demise of Studio 54. So I have had some absolute solid, solid films um, recently. Um, So that's Black Klansman, Three Identical Strangers, and Studio 54, the documentary, um, for a summary. Wow, that is, I, I mean, there were so many thoughts I had then, but I didn't want to interrupt. You can give them to me now in a summary if you'd like. I mean, they just all sound amazing. They're all, they're all incredible. And then First Dates is back and it's now on a Monday at nine. I mean, I can't remember these, these new times. Oh my, I know, I've been loving, oh my God, there's something else you've not mentioned. Have you mentioned, you have mentioned it, it's it's okay. I was thinking you hadn't mentioned Escape to the Chateau and then I realised that you had last Well, I mean, I did mention it last week, but I would love to talk about it some more. Did I mention Dynasties last week? What is that? It's the new Attenborough series, but oh, it's exceptional, as is, as is anything Attenborough does, but the penguins, oh, the penguins. I've run out of description 
descriptive words apart from incredible, amazing and outstanding. I know penguins have a really hard time as well. I could not be a penguin. Oh, they just they just get it from all angles all the time for their whole lives. And I just think there's no let up. I um it was, I think it was just really fascinating to watch. Um and hopefully I'm not ruining ruining anything here, but actually the film crew intervening because the you know, I've watched behind the scenes Attenborough documentaries before where they've said, you know, we just won't interfere with nature, it is nature's way. Um for a film crew to step in and help the penguins was just oh it was just heart melting or heartbreaking I'm unsure there was just so many emotions oh it was so so brilliant now I highly recommend it even if you're not normally I don't know who would normally be into that kind of thing but it's very good so I've been trying to show June actual animals so we have this little basket of animals and she like picks them out and she says what they are and then she makes noises of well actually she doesn't make a penguin noise because I don't I can't really do one myself but I showed her penguins on YouTube because I was like oh I think it's really important that she sees what they actually look like and she was just fascinated she her eyes were glued she was like penguin penguin (laughs) what else have you been watching anything that is it I mean I've been watching I'm a celebrity every night and if I remember first dates which is obviously my favorite and yeah nothing else that I wouldn't normally be watching though can we talk about a date on first dates? I'd really um, want to talk about the, uh, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. I'm absolutely sure that she identified as female. Um, I, I'm, I hope I'm not incorrect on that one. But I really loved the date. Um, he was pansexual. But what I liked was how they introduced it. So there was absolutely no judgments and you got to got to know the people um, and just the way that it was all kind of approached I just thought for a mainstream audience that actually was quite a good educational date in a way not that you know people should have to be educated people but I just think that the way that they did it was lovely and they it was just so nice because there was no boxes there was no lines there was no kind of they just liked people for who they were and he was it just was another reminder with first dates as always that you should never judge a book by it and I feel like it kind of brings back to what first dates is about as well it's just about people like hopefully finding love and being in love no matter what like and that it's it's not important or relevant it's just people can love whoever they want to love no matter what and that's quite and it's just I don't know it felt like the real heart of what the program is about yeah that's what I love about first dates it just kind of gives me um, a reminder that you know on a on a very basic level love love makes the world go round. love is love is love however if they give that guy can't remember his name but he came on for a second date for the second time round because his first one went so badly I think they're going to give him a third one Ooh. I'm like you need to send him on some kind of dating class because he just doesn't have any finesse oh, I need to watch this week's one because I'm a little bit behind but I'm gonna take notes and be back with you next week on time shall we move on to shopping see this is where we make up some time because I've not been doing that much shopping we've been um mainly buying paint because we finally um painted some rooms in the house <gasps> I I loved seeing your bathroom when we recorded with our guests I so happy that I have a pink bathroom finally it's all I've ever wanted um so the bathroom's now pink 
the living room is white, the downstairs toilet is white, with, we need to add some stars down there, but more to be revealed. <laughs> um, and then other things that I've bought is, I've bought a towel holder for the downstairs bathroom, um, some glasses for Christmas Day, because I'm hosting this year. So it's been quite a boring week in terms of purchases, but one thing I have bought just reaffirms my love for eBay. What did you, what have you done? What have you bought? Well, I've got quite a few saved searches for various things, which I won't tell people because I don't, I don't need the competition when it comes to bidding. Um, but I just thought I'd have a little search on there for a stout velvet pouch bag. Yeah. I've wanted one for ages. And there was just a little pink one sat there all by itself. Um, and they'd actually spelt stout incorrectly. Oh. They'd spelt it stout. Oh, genius. I love it when that happens on eBay. So I just put a best offer in, got accepted, and it's on its way to Stop. me. And I'm, oh, I'm so happy. Was it was it a snip of the price? It was a snip of the price, l- less than half price. Wow. Yeah. So you know when eBay just comes through and you're like, yes, you're like, I'm a winner. You're like, this is why I'm on this site. Oh, I just, yeah. I just and then I've been thinking on eBay. I'm like, what else am I looking for? Because there's some things, as I say, that I have saved, and I'm just I just keep waiting. It's been about six months now, and I'm still waiting. Got to keep checking. Got to keep checking. That's the thing with eBay. You've got to be in it for the for the long run. <laughs> the real hard and fast. The long game. The yeah. long game. Yeah, I'm a real real eBayer. Um, what about you? What have you been? To be honest, I'm the same. I mean, I've got. 14 people coming over on Christmas Day and I've just kind of do that panic kits in where you think I've definitely not got enough of anything to accommodate that many people so we've been on a cutlery mission which is as exciting as it sounds but I can confirm that we found some great gold cutlery on next after searching quite a few places gold cutlery is not cheap um you can't like find a good set of things for less than I saw so many from 85 pounds up but I got a good set for 38 I I think there's only like 16 piece um so it's I don't know how to break this to you but um I have some from Dunelm and it was 25 stop recently um I'm just on their website now because I have two packs of these from a shoot and they've still got them (gasps) if you did want to make a save okay maybe I'll have to do that because you've still not got enough anyway (laughs) Well, yeah, because I have, so 16 pieces, how many is that? Is that four people? Yeah, so we have enough for eight people. Um, But when June grows up and starts... I can see them. I I was like, stop what? When June um, is allowed to use proper cutlery, you know, we don't have any gold cutlery for her. So I think I might have to buy another set. Don't you hate it when you have you haven't got enough for your gold cutlery for your child? <laughs> I know. Um, we actually got to the stage at, um, this week because when the glasses arrived, um, we actually laid a couple of place settings out to see what it might look oh, like. Oh wow! Can I just put for a disclaimer? Say that the reason we have gold cutlery is because when we moved into our house, we found a set in IKEA that was the same cost as all their other cutlery. So um, it's not because I demanded it or I'm a princess. Um, I would like to say I have got cutlery because I demanded it as a princess. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough then. Just for a balanced view. I was oh no, that's what I was gonna say. Can't you tell we're first time Christmas hosters? Because the enthusiasm that we both have for plates, 
cutlery, glasses, chairs. Like, come back to us in 10 years' time, we'll be like, I don't care if the plates match. I, I think it's at the moment, our plates don't match. We haven't got matching plates. You've got cutlery, and that's it. I just need to source now more cabbage plates. I've got six, but I need eight. I think it's eight I'd, 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 because that's just, it's not too many. Whereas I think you never need 14 of the same sets of anything. Yeah, 14. That's tricky. what that's, really and we tricky. don't live in a huge house, so it's not like, I mean, everything, it's going to be a real higgledy piggledy Christmas, I keep saying, but like the kind of advert Christmas where people are on the sofa having dinner, you've got people on rotation. I'm quite looking forward to it for that reason. Oh, it'll be Christmas marvelous. Christmas is marvelous, isn't it? Whatever, you know. Whatever happens. Um, sorry, I really interrupted your shopping segment then. I went off on one. <laughs> That's all right. I haven't done an awful lot of shopping, to be perfectly honest. I did order a pair of pyjamas um, for, well, this, this sounds excessive, as does any wedding chat, but for the wedding, wedding pyjamas. <laughs> I think, where did you get your wedding pyjamas Daily from? sleeper or sleeper. <gasps> I did it. I know, I know. It's such, it's so like unnecessary, but I feel like, I feel like I'm more likely to spend a, a, a chunk of money on wedding pyjamas than I am wedding underwear. <laughs> well, exactly. Let's be realistic. What's going to get Well, that's the again? thing. So I feel like, you know, I'd rather... She'll have a cotton briefs on and a fancy that's pyjamas. The thing. Which will Joe get more excited about? The pyjamas. Not that I'd even do it for someone else. I'm doing it for me. <laughs> Shall we briefly introduce this week's guest this is an interview that was taken taken place last week in yes. I can't remember um Liv came up and we had the wonderful Sarita Challenger who is the founder of Moss Moments of Sense and Style it's a beautiful lifestyle company that sells very lovely things notebooks sketches artwork candles and um, but what is more beautiful than her, the products that she sells is the story and the reason why it was all started two years ago so we really hope you enjoy it um there's a few tears there was quite there was quite a heightened emotion that day when we were when it we took a lot of control I feel like in this I perhaps don't speak as much as I should because I'm just listening it's she's so amazing and powerful to listen to that it was a real listener of an episode if that makes sense <laughs> yeah and I also think with Sarita um it's quite easy to talk over her just because you and me have got such a kind of rapport, is that what they call it? We kind of generally know when to be quiet, whereas sometimes I think you, like you say, you kind of have to let the silences be just so that the conversation flows because sometimes you can be a bit scared of silence, so you'll just like fill in and you, and then actually if, if you were to jump in at that point, you might not have heard the rest of the story. So basically, if you do hear any big clanging of silence, it's because we're being professional. Yeah, that's okay? exactly it. But no, she's amazing and we really hope you love the episode as much as we did. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. How are you, Sarita? Good. I'm third time lucky. Happy I to know. be here. We're yeah. so happy to have you. We're like, we will pin you down. We will, we will all do a date because, yeah. It's, it's what I like to call diary tennis. Oh, God. Sarita has the most incredible story about, I mean human resilience, belief, love, everything. It's just the most, every time I see anything, Sarita, <laughs> tearing up. I'm tearing up now. Let's, let's, oh. um, every time I see Sarita post anything on Instagram, it makes me pause on my day and whatever I'm doing, it just gives me a focus and to be grateful for everything that we've got in this life. I think your way with words, Sarita, is so powerful. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Um, if you could tell us a bit about your business and what you what you produce, and then we'll talk about why it started, and then we'll just interject with questions, hopefully okay. not too rudely, yeah. every now and again. Well, it is quite an epic story, so yeah, let's break it down. Yeah. Um, if you're if you haven't at this point, I would probably suggest pausing, going to get an, an, a beverage. Yeah. And then coming back. Because I think it's just it's like. Like almost like desert island disc where you really want to savour and that's why we were like we really want you to talk and not kind of be like well this is that this is that but on that note <laughs> where to start uh moss moments of sense and style it's based on the old adage that a rolling stone gathers no moss um and our life before was always hectic always rolling always on the move um but life made us stop and now it's time to stop rolling and take root and gather moss so that's why it's a play on words but it's broken down into moments of sense and style because I want everyone to slow down and cherish all of those mundane precious moments that we all easily ignore every day embrace your senses and just because something's happened to you doesn't mean that you can't do it in style so that's essentially the foundation of the brand name and within that we create lifestyle products that share our story and share our message of courage and hope and strength and alongside them being beautiful wares that are made in England um, but everything is to try and encourage everyone to slow down and carve out that time for themselves there's just something about the pace of the world and our lives as they are now we forget about all of the things that truly matter so it's more than just a brand really and I hashtag that on every post because it, it really is there's a lot of depth behind it because actually it's my heart on a plate really that's I mean that's what I mean when I say about everything that you post it's so considered and you never 
shy away from that you know that is your message that's your belief that's your ethos and I love every time that you come out on the internet to to speak about about the brand you always you you never forget that I mean you can't forget you know what's happened so can, can we talk a bit about your life before Moss yeah so life before living in Lincoln I had worked in London Manchester Shanghai and was in Hong Kong and that's where I met Rob just lovely um yeah we just became really good friends we lived on like five minutes walk away from each other so after going for food or meeting friends we we would always end up walking back together and I think that's why we've got such a solid foundation because before any of the romance stuff we were just mates we're both a little bit older and you kind of know what you want don't you there's no messing about and Rob is a very determined man and he was like yes I want to be with you and I want to move in with you and here we are (laughs) So yeah, it's quite quite a, a lovely story as how we got together. And then we both had hectic jobs, so sometimes we wouldn't see each other for a while, but we would both be on the road travelling. Rob was a branding and user experience designer, um, so he worked with big brands to create retail interiors, everything from their branding through to the actual space and smell. So he had a really cool job and was at the top of his game. So um, He got to do the smell. Yeah, so uh, um, now I'm seeing how your user experience, how this brand, obviously we're, picking up all the pieces, yeah, like, all the how threads, both of your kind of history in career, like it all makes this so is, much sense. And that's when I say when it's our hearts on a plate, it really yeah. is. Like it's just built from our. That's incredible. Worlds really, and what we've been through before. And then, and then did you, did you leave Hong Kong? Did you move to Australia? Or were you in Australia before? Just to make things more complicated, (laughs) we went on holiday to Sydney. And when I talked earlier about um, a role, our lives were hectic before, but life and tragedy made us stop. On the second day of the holiday in Sydney, Rob suffered a near fatal brain hemorrhage and a stroke. And then that's, that was like a life bomb. Everything just changed from that day on. That was the 27th of September in 2014. Without making it about me, which I, I have done by inter- interrupting, but I met you through my mom, yeah. and obviously, um, I, I just know so much of what you've been through together, and it's just you know that that day must have just been horrendous. No, that's not even the word for it. It's like you say, life bomb. Yeah, I I don't even know how to articulate it mm. very well because it you realise how far away Australia is when mm. you have to pick up the phone, and it's a phone call that no one ever should have to make to. Rob's parents and say he's dying he shouldn't be here um they told me he wouldn't make it and then he was in surgery for 12 hours and he did make it and then and in all of this I'm still you know with my day bag we're on holiday so Mm. I didn't go back to the hotel and I packed like a change of clothes and a book for him thinking that you know we might be out by the end of the day but I knew it was bad when they put me in the room Mm. um and I sat there for 12 hours I was so lucky that my um, some old uni friends lived about an hour away and they made it down and they sat with me towards the end of it. But then obviously it got to about like 10 or 11 at night and they had to leave and the surgeon wanted to speak to me alone. And they took me to see Rob as he'd come out and literally they hadn't even had time to shave his head properly. Like it was just... We have to get him, we have in, to surgery. Get him in surgery. Um and nothing prepares you for seeing that, even if you see it on TV or whatever. But the, there's something about the sounds and the smell of ICU. You wouldn't wish it, sorry, intensive care unit. You wouldn't wish it on anybody. Oh, God. 
but what was even it's even more poignant is that Rob and I spoke about the future the night before and um my fate was sealed yeah that I was wasn't going anywhere that's incredible um and they said he had 72 hours so and that was how long it was going to take his mum and sister to fly out so I did not leave his side and I chatted to him and I read to him. I just talked absolute arse, like anything I could think of, just so that he could hear my voice and know that he had to hang on and that he was loved. And if he could just hold on until his mum got there. And thankfully he did. And it's still quite raw for me as well. Even four years on, like I, I still find it a bit surreal. Mm. Well, I think it's one of those things, you know, we all, if we watch a programme or a film and then we all kind of walk away and think how lucky we are and, and you know, what we take sometimes take for granted in every day and, and sometimes it's something, it is literally a story that, that jolts us into appreciation but actually when it it's real life, mm. um, you know, if a, a film or a TV programme come true, you're, you're, you're a nightmare really. Yeah, because none of us think it's going to happen mm. to us and... It's always like a, an abstract thing that happens to other people. Um, but, yeah, when it's happening to you, it's, it's quite something. So how long um, was Rob in hospital for in Sydney? Was it quite some so time? So he was in a coma for three weeks. Mm. Um, and then when he came round, we had to then think about what to do next. Um, and once we got, him into a, we got him out of the intensive care unit into a rehab hospital... And that was a challenge in itself because when you looked at his scan on paper, no one would take him. So um, we had to find someone who was willing to give him a go um, because he woke up without any communication. He couldn't speak, he couldn't read or write, and he was completely paralysed down the right-hand side. So it was like having a six-foot-three baby. He had to learn how to swallow, how to chew, how to be in the world, and obviously didn't know where he was, what was going on. But he recognised me and his mum and... Um, but apart from that, it was start again. Um, it's a huge, huge life changing stuff, and I do, like people use the term life changing lightly, but this really, really this is your whole world upside down. I mean, so you and home. still at this wow. point, we're still on holiday, so obviously, yeah. home is Hong Kong, family, my family, um, my sister and my dad came out as well, God love them. Um, and we're all just in this weird limbo of like, what, what's it's the going unknown on? as well, yeah. isn't it? It's the, it's the kind of sudden change and then this dive into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, to make you're in a completely new place and it's just all these different factors that yeah. how can you adjust? Like, how can you comprehend? It's, I don't, it, you have to break it down. Yeah. And we literally went from like minute by minute. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way to get through. And a lot of the times I talk about taking things inch by inch because literally that is all we can do. And But then if you think about how much all those inches have added up and where we are now. Those inches. I mean, if you um, see Rob today, it's... Oh, my goodness. He's a different man. Yeah. Um. So... Um, and then, so he went into, uh, as you say, a rehab. No, yeah. was it a, re- a rehabilitation? Rehabilitation yeah. unit. And once he was settled there, and, and at this point everyone had gone home apart from Rob's sister, Kate. Mm. So I left Rob with Kate, and it was the most gut-wrenching thing to do. But at this point, we're still living out of a bag mm. and putting our head down wherever we can. Like, we ended up staying at, like, some weird university halls, and then we ended up crashing with some friends of friends. And, like, it, all the logistical side of, of all of it was just intense um but I went back to Hong Kong and in four days I just had to pack up our flat 
go and speak to employers, try and tie up loose ends, and that was it. Like I, kept, I didn't really see many people. I just kept my head down. Um, well, you've got a job to do, which was well, you had yeah, like say logistics to to arrange. And I, there was no goodbye. There was nothing. There was literally like let's sort this out and get back to Rob and get him well enough because no airline would take him at that point either. So we were stuck in Sydney for three months until Rob was well enough to be able to step onto the plane. That's incredible. So yeah. like you say, it's just kind of obstacle after obstacle yeah. with, with with no, you've got no experience in this whatsoever. No. So then after, is this nearly four months with the three months, uh, so sorry, three weeks December, in the coma? I landed back in Lincoln in December. So I've been in Lincoln four years in December. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Lincoln... Obvious next step, you know. It, no Shanghai, slight on Lincoln, but Hong yeah. Kong, Lincoln. <laughs> it's exactly the same. That's why I moved to Lincoln. I thought it was a lot like Shanghai. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, 24-hour <laughs> city. We'll put it on the map. But the thing about Lincoln is, you know, it's lovely. And, uh, you know, I've moved back here to be closer to my parents. But it's very sleepy. It's, mm. it's countryside. As much as I resisted it, it's just what we needed. Mm. And we were with Rob's family at first. We moved in with them because, well, sorry, jumping ahead a bit. But Rob went into Lincoln County and was there for a couple of months before going home. And that's when the real hard work started because he had to learn everyday basic skills like how to make a cup of tea how to shower, how to get dressed, um, and just start again, really. So, yeah, it's 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 been a mad old road. And at this point, we were still communicating through sketching because I had to teach him how to draw and hold a pen again because, obviously, he couldn't speak. Um, and all of this, all these negotiations about, you know, Hong Kong life was over, what's happening to him, um, what's going on, and explaining him explaining to him like what life was going to be like even everyday chat it was all just through sketching wow so would you would you talk or, and then he would sketch back yeah is that how it and works both. yeah yeah that's and um also again something else that kind of ties in but you know rob now does these beautiful line drawings yeah. and it just everything you're saying it's just these threads that just run through your entire story yeah so he's to draw for necessity, he, that's how he communicated, and then it was more therapeutic, and now it's for pleasure, and it's his new path, um, because sadly going back to what he did wasn't an option, so yeah, it's incredible, he is incredible. I mean, it's incredible, it's just having the self-belief, I think, from a, from Rob's perspective, and just, I guess, having that positive outlook that like you say, inch by inch, it's going to get better, yeah. and, it, and it has, I mean, obviously, you know, you're nowhere near maybe what it was before but it was it's so different now you know you're different people isn't yeah. it and when we're still recovering and we're still learning so only a year ago Rob still needed 24-7 care so if you think about that in itself yeah. that's that's intense as well so we're making progress every single day and it's still rehab and it's still recovery but it's it's us trying to live a little in around yeah. that so it was a real challenge to move out and live independently and we're doing it. It's not easy and we have dark days, but overall Rob's just happy to be alive. Yeah. Which like every new day is a gift and I think sometimes it takes something like this to make you really take stock and appreciate that. I just think it's so poignant what you say about making every like looking at all the inches because we're so quick, I think especially now, to be like, think, expecting so instantly. Yeah. 
and everything you're saying just feels so poignant because you think it is so important to just appreciate things bit by bit and actually appreciate the end like how they can tally up yeah for this and like the progress and the like the determination and the perspective to have that like I know it's just so incredible it's but you've hit you you've touched on some things that we do have each other yeah I push him but he wants to do it Mm. and I wouldn't be here without him and vice versa so it's very much I was gonna say effort I suppose you seeing him with that determination and drive almost drives you, I suppose, to think, well, yeah. we both have to, like, if you want to, then, my God, I have to do too. Like, exactly, and I'm not going to lie. I've had really, really dark times, and especially being in a city where I don't really know anybody, and God bless your mum <laughs> and dad. Um, so for those of you that don't know, they have a store in Lincoln, and that's how I got to know people. I would literally go into shops and just talk to whoever would listen. <laughs> and luckily you found my mum. <laughs> and she probably talks more than you. <laughs> just wonderful open hearts. And I'm just really grateful that there are a lot of people within Lincoln um, that have taken me under their wing and given me somewhere to go and just talk, even if we just chat in the store that they're in. Um, I've got to know all the independent shopmakers here and invest in the, in the economy here, whether it be the cheese shop or the kids' shop or like the clothes shop, I would just go in and chat to everybody. You just um, need, I guess, every now and again, just to like realign yourself and just kind of get a perspective. I, I imagine, obviously, you're quite housebound, maybe not so much now, but, you know, was, yeah. yeah, accessibility, which um, you've talked about um, on on Instagram as well. You know, not, not everywhere you enjoyed going before is accessible. So some of the trendier restaurants, the trendier bars. Yeah. Um, so you've constantly got to think to think about that. And that kind of made your world so much smaller. So Absolutely. when you did get out, you just, you know, you just needed to, to freshen up. Yeah. And more so, like, not only just to, like, know friendly faces, because it's lovely to feel part of something and belong somewhere. Um, but also my home life was very much just focused on Rob and I was trying to figure out who I was in all of this and who is the Sarita who lives in Lincoln and what do I do now and I tried to find work and that didn't go so well because you know Lincoln's not known for its fashion hotspots of employment and going sideways on things didn't no door was opening essentially Mm. so and then that made me think about what well what could I do on my own and actually that's worked out a lot better because it works with our life as it is now. So at what point was was Moss a flicker in, in your mind and you thought, actually, maybe we should pursue this or, like, stop it, Sarita, stop being silly, like, we can't do this. So I imagine that was quite a conflict in your mind. Oh, yeah. We were still living in Rob's parents' spare room, so um, four adults in a bungalow, especially going through what we're going through it's pretty cozy yeah I find upstairs downstairs is very helpful for space, for space mentally <laughs> I, I lived with my parents moved back in and there's something about moving back in with your parents in a bungalow that's uh-huh. particularly it's the bungalow aspect yeah there's no there's there's no compartmentalization of space really but... so yeah it was it started in the bedroom and it I found a sketchbook um with some scribbles of the idea of moss and I remembered that Rob and I had spoken about this in Hong Kong um because that's the kind of geeky things that we used to do and was like brainstorm names and things because Robbie wow. also used to do um uh branding and actual full 
holistic branding for companies in Hong Kong that had so much money they didn't know what they wanted to do but they would say give me a name give me a look and so I would sometimes help him with that because I just like that kind of thing and we talked about moss and it didn't get used and I didn't think anything of it but our stuff would come out of um, storage and I was going through it all kind of like metaphorically and physically picking through boxes of like scraps of myself and had this like epiphany of like this this is what I can do like maybe I can figure this out and at first like I thought it was to do with baking I went down a baking route I ended up going to my cousin's wedding in France and it was the first time I had a bit of a few days away and there was something about the train journey and the smells and the sights and the sounds and I travelled to Paris in my past life and it's like smelling certain things took me straight back to those memories and I thought well maybe that's what I can do, came back, tried to figure out how I could do it, um, put the stories together of each scent of the candles and um, then pitched it to Rob and said what do you think about this and he burst into tears and was like you've got to go for it. I'm not going to burst into tears for a fourth time today. It's not going to happen. Um, so tell me about your three scents. I have just lit. I've had this candle since the spring, but I, I was saving it for the winter because I wanted it to last me. And I've got scent number three, which is Doddington Fields on an autumn morning, which is, I think they all smell incredible. But this one, I think, because it's Doddington based, Lincolnshire, I'm, which is where I'm born and raised that's why I love this one but the other two are I was going to make up kind of like loose names for them but I'll let you tell me exactly okay. what they are <laughs> so we came up with mm. the sense and it's tell it shares our story through sense so we met in Hong Kong and number one is Wanda to Mambo Temple um based on this beautiful ancient temple that was opposite Rob's old work um been there since the 1800s and just is clinging on there's loads of tower blocks have boxed it in, but it's still there, and you can still smell the incense all down the road. So that's what number one is based on. And number two is based on um, Sydney in springtime, because although it's a bittersweet memory, um, we still have a lot of time for Sydney. We had an amazing first day, and it was a, a glorious, clear day. Um, and we had wind burnt cheeks and the sunshine from riding bikes around the city. So that's what we've captured in number two. And number three, as you just mentioned, is Doddington Fields on an autumn morning because I was a lost little soul and I didn't quite know what to do with myself. And sometimes I would go for a drive to Doddington, have a nice coffee. Um, For those that don't know, it's a lovely farm shop that's in a village that's just outside Lincoln. Um, And just wander around the fields around there because I've got some nice walks and try and take solace and have some Sarita time and figure out what on earth I was doing in Lincolnshire and what I was going to do next. Um, But there's something quite lovely about it because it smells like blackberries and wild fig and wet mulchy fields, but in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Not dried mud on shoes. Or wet dog. Yeah, no, it does smell incredible. Well, it's funny you say fig. Fig's my, my smell. I don't smell like a fig, but I'm drawn to, fig, to figgy <laughs> smells. Um, and then, obviously, um, what was great here, did your production background help you kind of bring the idea to life? Yeah, I don't think I appreciate that the last 14 years... Oh, my God, I sound so old. Um, <laughs> yeah, that my experience of working in production has really helped because it didn't phase me, like, searching for a factory and, like, negotiating quantities and things because in production volume is is king 
and obviously I was looking for a hundred candles so I had to do a lot of chatting um, but found a family-run business who were willing to help me because obviously I had nowhere to do this I was literally just working from my bedroom at this point um, and yeah I just thought give it a go and it would be two at the weekend so wow. I started with that small run um, and just built the website on Shopify googled how to do some code and just hope for the best and put it out on Facebook that's amazing and that's that's where we all started it's so hard as well because I think so like you have this idea and it's just navigating it and actually get like there's so mm. many components to starting a business and it's actually doing it which I think is so incredible especially when you have so many other things going on that actually I don't know it's, it's one of those things that, that we'll have these ideas and there's so many other logistics to it but that kind of courage just to just put out there and see what happens and and you know and you've got a hundred reasons not to I'm sure time in the day was quite yeah. scarce as well um I was essentially working when like in the evenings and I still do that now like I work around Rob's needs um he's the priority and then what other products have you got? You've got, I actually haven't got it here, but you've got some beautiful notebooks. Yeah, so everything that I've created is aligning with what I needed as well when going through such a tough time. Um, I would, the candles have come for not just sharing our story through scent, but I used to strike a match and light a candle and that would mark my time. Because as a carer, as a caregiver, as a mother, how often do you sit down and have just time for yourself? And I just like the announcement of, of that ceremony to myself of celebrating quiet, even if it's just 10 minutes. Yeah, but ceremony of quiet. There's just something quite lovely about that striking the match and lighting the candle and marking that time for yourself. So that's where the candles came from. And then within that, I've been journaling and scribbling and doing all sorts. Um, where I, I used to draw a lot, because I studied textiles and drawing and painting was my... Thing. Um, and I still haven't been able to do that even though I've encouraged it for Rob but I've found solace in words so that's where the notebooks have come from so they're plain so you can sketch in them if you want to or you can write in them um, but the, the notebooks seems like a, a lovely fit and the next step and they're inspired by each destination so the colours match each place so Hong Kong is pink because we lived in a pink you would love it. We lived in a pink tower block and all of the concrete is painted in beautiful colours just to make it feel a bit more lively. You are. I know you're not here to plug Hong Kong as a tourist destination, but you have <laughs> sold it. Um, you went back recently. Were I you? Did, yeah, yeah, I saw on Instagram. So when did you go back? Was yeah, it a couple I, of weeks ago? I went ago? back in the first week of November. Um, kind of putting my old hat on because, um, as with any startup, it's this is taking it slow it's mm. steady but it's taking its time and I do little projects on the side to keep everything going um and have so you yeah, been back to Hong the Kong first time yeah that I've been back so it's like picking a scab mm. and I love picking scab <laughs> <laughs> I will pick yeah I love picking scab that's the best part of having a child to be honest it's the best part of having a scab you know that thing where it's like oh pleasure pain mm. and then sometimes it's a little bit raw um, and you're opening up old wounds so it was it was challenging to go back but I had to do something for me I couldn't oh, who says no to doing that first mm. and foremost but um yeah I've given up so much and uh, put somebody else's needs first for such a long time and even Rob says it he's like it's time for you now 
that's yeah well I mean just going back to what you said but you have each other and I think you know the the relationship that you've got that you know obviously what you've done for Rob is incredible but the fact that he's like you know you take some time you know you need he knows that you need that that just like you say those foundations of the friendship and I guess it shows that sorry to interrupt but I guess it shows that even through everything the relationships are still give and take like through thick and thin it's still about thinking of each other in whatever capacity even if you have to think of the other person more because of certain things or vice versa there's it's still about being like I don't giving in whatever way you can yeah and I think not taking the other for granted yeah completely and then I just want to just just current on my products just for um, a little bit longer just because you know they're bloody brilliant they're, um, <laughs> I love your matches um the box I don't know. Like you say, the ceremony of taking time, but the the box is just beautiful. And it just says "Choose Light," and every time I look at it, I also have a little card here um, from the John Lennon exhibition that just says "Breathe." But those two things, they're in my calm corner, I love which, I, that. which I think is lovely. But and then and what's been brilliant is that you um, you're now um, Rob's able. Let's talk about Rob and Art a little yeah. bit because I think um, you've expanded your product selection into selling Rob's prints, and they're really really beautiful. I mean, I'm really proud of all the products as they stand alone without knowing the story. Mm. But when you understand like what Rob's been through and, you know, he's partially sighted, he still struggles with all sorts of complications. Yet his drawings are stunning. Um, so I started off briefing him to, I didn't know how it was going to work, but I could see he was a little bit lost. And um, about a year ago, I asked him to draw each destination of each candle to give him a reason to get up each day. We all need a purpose, don't we? Um, and he just blew me away. I had no idea like what they were going to turn out like. Um, and then from there, he's just drawn other destinations that are in part of our story or other places that are important to us or places that we've travelled. And he's slowly building up an online collection of prints. And he had um, an exhibition in Lincoln, didn't he, as well? Yeah, and that was wonderful for him to have a showcase. Um, He was very professional about it, briefed me on what he wanted it to be. I like like. all this briefing going on between you. Power couple. Yeah, it's so much like... Oh God, it's going to be sound like absolute wankers. But that is just the way that we used to work. And I think we were both... So, um, I don't know how to how to say this. Work was very much part of our lives, mm. and when you don't have that, you do feel like you're lost at sea. And I, I think, sorry, no, no, it's fine. I read something the other day, and I actually really like rung. And I think it was um, Laura Jane Williams said, "If you didn't have work, who are you?" And as a freelancer, I was like. Uh, I don't have an answer to that and Mm. I think whilst for some people some people um have their jobs they check out they have their paycheck and that's brilliant and it works for them but I think there's other types of us who actually it it bleeds into uh, and and I wouldn't know what to do without my job without kind of everything that you've been through I would still struggle if somebody took my job away tomorrow it would be a discovery process of what who am I without that I mean, yeah, God, we're sidetracking a little bit. Yeah, that brings me down to like identity, like, yeah, who who we are, yeah. Like, because I really did. I think the reason I went through such a dark time is because I had attached so much of myself to Sarita, the 
creative and the product development manager like who came up with stuff and that was who am I without that and I had to do a lot of soul searching like yeah there is a person in there who can be without the job title and without all the like societal trappings that we all get caught up in. It feels like the easiest way to measure your value sometimes because that that's what you place on yourself like you said like that's what you put on yourself so you're like Where's my value other than that? Like, what about just being a nice human? Yeah, well, completely. Like, that speaks so much more. Yeah. <laughs> we don't give it enough credit. We discount like the things that we actually have and mm-hmm. the real value we offer and the real depth we have to each of us. We just discount that because it's like, oh, well, that's not my job. Like, I don't get paid to be a nice person. But actually, like, that's the foundation of you. Yeah. Of humanity. Yeah. And I think we're all losing that sight of that. We're all getting so caught up in like the identity of who we are and the trappings that we kind of forget that deep down we all just need to be loved and feel connected to other humans really it doesn't matter about what you do or like what the job title is or where you live like yeah I, sorry I feel like I could go on no no it's fine no no um the, so just kind of thinking what would be obviously uh Rob has good days and bad days yeah. as you say there's still and we were talking earlier in the kitchen sometimes I always wish we could record those bits but you know sometimes that kind of knocks you for seven because you've had a really good mm. run um you know Rob's been in good health and then you know then he isn't um, and obviously that that just kind of pulls the rug from underneath you so what is a good day for you what what do you find you enjoy um in the kind of more simple pleasures of life oh wow sorry um... I've got deep <laughs> Um, Pretty much Parkinson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On a good day, if Rob and I can spend time together, we'll have breakfast together and I'll be able to do a little bit of work, whether it's catching up on emails or doing orders that have come through. And then we just spend time together. And even if it's going to do this food shop, but to be able to do that together and have a bit of a giggle and just be in each other's company, like... It's just simple things, really. Yeah, I love going to the supermarket with Jack and June. I hate going on my own. Oh, yeah. There's, there's something, like you say, like, I just love it. We go on a family trip to the supermarket, and it's fun. Yeah. That makes shopping fun. Like, yeah. we get to go in the middle of the day, because, you know, we, we do freelance. It's quite quiet, and we just have a bit of a... Yeah. Of a maybe we could all meet in Tesco. Yeah. yeah. A bit far yeah. for me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like a food shop. Yeah, but then on the flip side of that, we still enjoy going out for nice meals and going to galleries um we tend to go on little road trips and try and catch up with friends and explore bits of the country that we haven't been to before or catch up with family um my family live in margate um so it's lovely to go down there and soak up the galleries and all the lovely foodie stuff that's growing down there yeah so, so many yeah we do enjoy things. the finer things in life but this is also another challenge because you touched on it earlier about accessibility is that a lot of places that we used to go to just aren't necessarily like set up or cater for people with with mobility issues or or full-blown disabilities like not having a ramp not having a disabled toilet and it's all of these things that we just again take for granted unless you need it or like it's not on your radar um and that's why i talk about it on moss because um i feel quite passionate about having visibility for everybody um and to highlight the challenges that we do face because it's 2018, almost 2019, and there are still places that don't cater for wheelchair access. 
So, yeah, even though we do love going out to certain places, it's just quite sad that our world is a bit smaller. Yeah, I think, not that it should take me having June to notice, but that was the first thing I noticed Mm. as a new mum. And then that's the the next thing I thought about, well, actually, I'm just in this period of having a pushchair for two or three years. People that have accessibility, um, you know, in wheelchairs and and other, other things, they... Yeah, well, why, I just don't understand. I like, why? You know, well, it's probably a money thing, which is heartbreaking. But then on the flip side of this, there was an article recently, and they called it the Purple Pound. So there are families, whether it be with a disabled child or whether it be a partner or something's happened to them, there's a lot of money for them to be able to spend on the high street, but it's just not available to them. Um, and it's just really sad that it's that's still the case. I mean, there's a little bit of a shift now, but... Um, just because something's happened to you or you've got something that impairs your life doesn't mean that you don't want to be a part of the world and it's, you shouldn't have to be in the shadows and yeah no keep talking about, keep it. Talking about it yeah because I think when I've logged into logged in <laughs> when I've logged into your Instagram stories um but you were talking about it the other day and um what what are you on the hunt for at the moment are you a, a, a place in London that's accessible where you can have caterers yeah, so let's, we've got. Let's we've, use this, and hopefully okay. we can find you, find you what you need. Crowdsource this. Um, we were looking for a venue that could have an exhibition, and we wanted to get people together to celebrate our second birthday, which is coming up this weekend. And we don't have a big budget, so obviously that's restrictive, um, because there are galleries. I understand that there are places out there that do have access, but it's more of those like startup venues, those middle budget venues that we're looking at really and I think um, uh, just going back to money is really interesting because yes some places are accessible but why should you pay a premium I know we've talked about hotel rooms and things before oh God, don't get me started on hotel rooms like seriously <laughs> yeah but it's just outrageous it's, um so hotel rooms and I'm calling I don't want to call out anyone in particular but they charge per square meter Therefore, a disabled room is seen as an upgrade. Wow. Regardless of the fact that it's a necessity, not a privilege to need, you know... Those square metres. Yeah. Um, I'd say 90% of hotels that we've looked at recently um, all come under that horrible, horrible bracket of overcharging. So they don't... They don't have an entry price point room for disability for a disabled room or an access friendly room yeah no that needs to be talked about because and again yeah i keep talking about that because disability is not a privilege it's we are not upgrading like this should be an entry price point for absolutely someone who needs it. um and i make hotel managers feel really uncomfortable and i send very very firm emails and i call them out on it and i ask them about it and some of them will engage in dialogue or do what they can and others just point blank refuse. Um, I just don't know why you point blank refuse. I can't. Yeah, it's it. It is one of the. Oh, it's. Well, it's one of those things where if it doesn't affect me, then it I'm is not that kind of thing. Saying. It's not their demographic, and they. I hate to say it, they don't want people with a set of wheels kind of tarring their establishment. Which is, if, if let's just be frank about it, they just don't want people like that in, in their hotels or their restaurants they don't want to be seen other than being she she and cool and 
And part of me wants to say to them, if you if you're not inclusive, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't try, try and, and dress up dress as anything, up as anything else. else. Just say yeah. we are not an inclusive establishment. Which is no the thing is, and that's the thing, no one would ever say that. No, no one would ever come out and say we're not inclusive because then no one not wants to be told with that, but they think, well, why aren't you then? Like, yeah. if you're not saying it, but you still are, like, it's mind-blowing. It's, like, cause, yeah, like you say, we're going into 2019, and there's still people that are just like, no. Let's keep talking about it. Let's keep shouting Making about it. Making noise about it. Um, we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, I could sit in this room for quite some... Well, I sit in this room anyway, but I sit in this room <laughs> with both of you for quite some time. I feel like I've just been, like, soaking it all up, like, just listening, because it's just been so unbelievably... Like, there's, there's only, like, sometimes you listen to something or watch something and you take a few things away, whereas I think everything you've said, I'm like, oh, my God, I can... Like, just so many profound things, but just listening to you... Is you. I think for giving me a chance to share it with your listeners as well. I mean, it's been such a privilege having you chatting to us and sharing your story, honestly. Well, thank you because you don't have to share this with the world, you know, you've got a lot on your plate, yeah, anyway. And I think that's what's incredible is the fact that you're both willing to be vulnerable and say, Hey, world, this is us, this is our story. And I just think that is the cherry on this already incredible cake if <laughs> don't know why I've gone for cake but you know you you know you don't have to share these things it'll be yeah. so much easier Thank you. just just not to or you know not not and that's something people take for granted isn't it being open online and being open in general with different things that life throws at you like no one's no one's obliged to share anything but the fact you are the fact you're you know like how many people must hear your story and think oh my god I'm not alone and that community, and it's, it's. I think, I think the, I'm. I feel so strongly about talking about it is because it's life, mm. and it's real. And I struggle to find any solace online. I was really seeking out mm. other people um, to talk to, and I struggled. So I thought, well, if I share, then perhaps I can help somebody whether it doesn't matter what you're going through it doesn't have to be big catastrophics like crazy stuff that we've been through but everyone's got their battles mm. um so yeah if it helps anyone get through their day then i'll be happy to share it well thank you so much can oh. you tell everybody where they can find you online because they they need to be following you okay so instagram is at moments of sense and style same with facebook we have a twitter which if someone could help me out with Twitter, then... This is your Twitter that, queen. That would be good. Cool. Um, <laughs> more I would, <laughs> She tweets more times than I pee, which is something. <laughs> more about television than he asks. Maybe I'm not the right girl. <laughs> um, but it's mainly Instagram or our website, which is momentsofsenseandstyle.com. Thank you Amazing. so much. Thank you. Oh. Same time next week, yeah? Yeah, oh, I'm up for I this. Would, I would literally talk to you I, every week. I just hang out all the time. Yeah, I'm completely... As long as somebody brings a blueberry muffins. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Sarita. Thank um, you We so appreciate much. it.